Good morning. Okay, so it's literally midday, okay. Um, and I'm about to do some Quizlet again. We love this. We love this for me. Um, so I woke up and then I did some more notioning. <laughs> um, as in, like, I added a song to the homepage as well as weather. I still can't, for the life of me, navigate, um, like, how to make the, um, what's it called, the columns cohesive, because it just, it doesn't work properly and it, like, stresses me out. Um, but they have some templates, I'm actually gonna have a look at the templates. Because, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing, but, yeah. I've also upgraded to using the, um, <laughs> I've upgraded to using the student thing, the student version, because you can embed songs in there and I want to listen to songs, so, yeah, um, I keep saying um a lot. It's getting on my nerves. However, I cannot stop. So we're just going to have to deal with it, aren't we? Um, I'm gonna add. I just did it again. I really didn't even mean to. I'm gonna have a little caption. Actually, I'll do the caption later. It's very cute, my homepage, but. I don't know how to make it work properly. I'm going to worry about that later because I have law to revise for. I'm going to do the last 100-ish terms and then I'm going to start reading my notes and then explaining what I've just read <laughs> because, yeah. So this one's going to be a lot longer than everything <gasps> no okay um log out so i've used my school email to start this quizlet thing but because i'm logged into Google, it thinks I want to use my Google account, and that's, I don't want to do that, no, <laughs> um, I'm so tired, so I slept at four in the morning, and then I woke up at 7.30, and then went back to sleep, and then woke up again, and then went back to sleep, and then I f think I woke up at, like, half eight at the end what is my password okay it was that right <laughs> um yes so i'm gonna like i said i'm gonna read the rest of these 
because I think I managed to get up to 200 last night. So that's going to be fun to try and... Because I can't scroll, I don't think, um, to the... Yeah, I can't scroll to the place where I left off. And I can't press and hold the side, uh, the right arrow key. Else it doesn't work. Honestly, I really want to go to the party today because it will give me a break. But then at the same time, I know that I'll hate myself because it's like, oh, I could have done this. Um, anyways, so after I do, I finish this Quizlet set, um, I said I was going to start reading, but I actually have to do my Seneca as well as my sociology work on, I believe it's childhood that I need to learn for Monday. And then the other one is class differences in education but external oh internal factors because we did external factors last week um almost at 200 lads um (laughs) yeah okay so usually i would record this um at night like really late at night (laughs) um and then let the hour-long segment load and then publish it in the morning. But it's the morning. I did publish one this morning though already because I recorded one last night when I was doing my flashcards. I need to get a screen protector for my MacBook as well as like cleaner for the screen and a dust cover. I've got such bad headache, but I have to do this. Um, so, Jury equity is that the jury are not bound by a previous jury's previous decisions, obviously. Um, because then it makes it easier. It makes... It allows for them to decide cases on their idea of fairness. <laughs> I'm literally talking as if like I'm tired. Well, I mean, I am, but perverse decisions, oh my gosh, perverse decisions are the opposite of jury equity. Some decisions are are perverse and not justified. I really cannot talk today. This is so embarrassing. Um, What is secrecy as a disadvantage? As no reasons have to be given for the verdict, there is no way of knowing if the jury understood the case and came to the decision for the right reasons. That's true, right? Because if the jury have to go into deliberation, right, we're we're kind of assuming that they've understood what the judge has recited to them because after the case facts are being presented, obviously the jury are listening then, but who's to say that they understood then, right? Um, And then after all of the arguments have been finished, then the judge will summarise the case facts as well as advise them on points of law. 
But then at that point, who's to say that they also understood that, right? And because they, after deliberation, they literally just say whether the defendant is guilty or not guilty, or liable or not liable. Um, Who's to say that they made the decision (laughs) well-informed, right? Um, Yeah. What is the role of a barrister? Barristers concentrate on advocacy and have the full rights of audience. They all do some paperwork, um, like writing opinions on cases and giving advice and drafting documents um, for court use. Um, But yeah, that's what they do. What is the role of legal executives? From what I can remember, legal executives, like take on cases that solicitors don't necessarily have time for like if they're smaller cases they'll give them to the legal execs um they specialize in a particular area of law they do more similar work to a solicitor but more straightforward um they can handle various aspects of property transfer assist in the formation of a company draft wills advise on matrimonial problems and some of them can have rights of audience um, because you can get a certificate of advocacy, I believe. I really want to make tea. <laughs> but I've already started, and I'm, I'm not going to stop until I finish. Um, what is conveyancing? I don't actually know. Prior to 1985, solicitors had the monopoly of, on conveyancing, and the Administration of Justice Act 1985 allowed people other than solicitors to be licensed to be licensed conveyancers and so some lost work and fees were reduced huh interesting what is a written opinion barristers write opinions usually on the instructions of the solicitor opinions give their views on matters such as the strengths and weaknesses of a case how complex how complex I cannot read. How a complex area of law relates to a particular case and whether evidence is likely to be admissible or not. That was so embarrassing. I fully forgot to read. It's okay. Fine. Whatever. What is the Queen's Council? The Queen's Council is a select number of judges um, that sit in the... uh, I think the Queen's Bench Division of the High Court, right? The barristers, right? Yes, it's a bar. Yeah, of course, it's a barristers. Um, like not guild, but <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Like it's for barristers. Barristers may apply to become a Queen's Council barrister. The system has become more transparent. Applica- applicants pay a fee of one thousand eight hundred pounds initially, and then a further two hundred. 2250 they complete a form when candidates are interviewed and they gain an elevated status i think there's like a certain amount of years that you have to be a barrister before you can get onto the queen's council i think it's 10 but i don't know how do complaints work there are various ways to complain about a solicitor if a client is dissatisfied with the service that they have received these options include speaking to the solicitor the Law Society, Legal Services, and Ombudsman, and actions through the courts. 
can also make a complaint though to like the complaint committee I feel like that's under the law services though um what is the legal services complaints commissions the office of the legal services complaints commissioner was set up following the 1999 access to justice act um it works with the law society and represents the interests of consumers to improve complaints handling right <laughs> um what is the legal services ombudsman it's the final appeal. This must be within three months of receiving the Law Society's decision. The LSO, so Legal Services Ombudsman, um, will not usually look at the original complaint, but rather at how it was dealt with by the Law Society. Um, they criticise the Law Service, or the Law Society, it's one of the two, or order it to pay some compensation. A dissatisfied client can also sue, sue, sue through the court systems for negligence. I'm really having a hard time just talking. Um, what are the methods of complaints against barristers? The bar council, um, the complaints commissioners, legal services ombudsman, as well as action through courts. What is the barristers council? If the complaint cannot be resolved by solicitor, the next step is to contact the bar council. This must be done within six months of the complaint arising. It's a barrister of solicitors, basically. Um, yeah. What are law centres? Um, they are free, non-fee-based legal service that operate in disadvantaged areas. Um, in 2016, there were 44 law centres. They rely on funding, like, the National Lottery. What do the Citizens Advice Bureau deal with? A lot, like entitlement to benefits, debt problems, consumer issues, housing issues, employment issues. You can also get legal advice from there. How does the magistrates in Crown Court differ and how they with how they means test defendants? Magistrates have an in or out scheme where it's calculated on like the total national income of the household. Whereas the Crown Court um have more income means and a higher distribution to legal aid because they have the like an interests to justice kind of approach where it's it's something along the lines of if you pass the interests of justice tests then they'll let you have legal aid <laughs> um how does means testing work a person applying for legal aid must show that they do not have enough money to pay for their own lawyer um and so the courts will take into consideration their income as well as household income. Um, how can private cases be funded? They can be funded by the person's own resources, so their own money, um, insurance, because um, some insurance policies cover that, as well as a conditional fee agreement with a solicitor. 
where it's like a no win, no fee kind of thing. What is a helpline? Um, it's government run and it's civil legal advice. And they get nearly 160,000 calls in a year. That's ridiculous. What is a Citizens Advice Bureau? Um, they operate in about 2,500 locations throughout the country. They provide advice to about 2.5 million people a year. That's insane. Um, what did Lord Reed say in Jones v DPP? Under the narrow application of the golden rule, the court may only choose between the possible meanings of a word or a phrase, but not beyond that. Huh. We did not learn about that. What is direct intent? Um, that's when the defendant wants the consequence of their conduct to happen. <laughs> yeah, um, where it is the defendant's aim, purpose and desire to bring about the consequence which was set out in Mohan. What is the Mohan test? Did the, did the defendant do all in his power to bring about the consequence? What is oblique intent? Um, right, I th this is to do with virtual certainty. Um, yeah, in the case of Woolen, it was something along the lines of were the consequences virtually certain, and the and then did the defendant realize that the defend that the consequences were virtually certain? My gosh, I'm just malfunctioning today. What is recklessness? It's a form of mens rea. Um, it's where the defendant knows there is a risk of the consequence happening, but takes the risk anyways. Um, so it's not intention so they did they didn't go out and specifically do that to cause this but they knew that there was some sort of risk around the conduct that they were going to do but they took that risk anyway so that's recklessness um what is another name for coincidence uh contemporaneous yup the contemporary contemporaneity rule or the coincidence rule. That's the easier one to say. Um, what court is assault tried in? Magistrates? Yeah. It's a summary offence? Yeah, common law. Common law assault and common law battery. And then it steps up, I guess, into the section 47 ABH. Yeah. <laughs> What cause battery tried in? I'm assuming the same one. Magistrates. Or crown. Right, yes. Because it's the application of unlawful force. And therefore it would also be a tribal either way offence. And so it could be tried in the magistrates or the crown court. Um, how are social norms enforced? By societal punishments. Yeah, Disappro <laughs> disapproval by members of society. What is the sanction for criminal law? Prison. F fine. Tagging. Um, a community order sometimes. 
What is the sanction for civil law? Community order, fine. Or an injunction, yeah. Which is where you like stop something from happening. What is Parliament? Parliament is a governmental body that creates the laws in the UK. And there are two houses of Parliament. I feel like that's one of the next questions. Nope, never mind. Um, yeah, there are two... Houses of Parliament. One is the House of Commons, which is the elected government. And then there is the House of Lords which are, they they were like born into it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What happened in the case of Wilson v. Willies? I do not know. It was a custom law as much land as is needed, ruled not to be custom because it was too vague, unclear and not certain. Right, that's something that we just didn't cover. Um, what is common law? Common law is case law. Um, laws that have been created by the judges in the court. But yeah, it's also known as judge-made law or case law. What does stare decisis et non quieta move movere? To be fair, if this was, if we were going to go for the Latin pronunciation it would be moere instead of movere like with a v because say for example you wanted to say man in latin it would be vir instead of vir but it's spelled with a v but they pronounce it with a w um so it'd be stare decisis et non quieta movere <laughs> And I believe that means sticking with a previous decision and just like not moving on from it. Yep. Stand by what has been decided and do not unsettle the established. Latin's such a pretty language. Um, what happened in A-T-E-C-O-V-R-R-T-A and Schweppes? Oh, this was the Schweppes LTD agreement thing. Um... <laughs> Um, so basically, I don't remember which one was first, I believe Schweppes was first, but there was like a decision that was made in Schweppes and one of the judges dissented to it, but they but they made the judgement anyways. And then the same day, um, the ATE Limited company um, also had a case and the same judge like dissented again. But they stick. They stuck with the same, like decision. I guess, yeah. Schweppes had become a precedent, even if the judge dissented. It became a binding precedent for the case later that day. It was literally the same day. Um, which case used the practice statement first? Is Conway v. Rimner. Oh, I remember that one, but I don't remember what happened because I really couldn't... This was when we were doing online lessons, I believe, and he was, like, recording them. And I didn't realise... I didn't know what he was saying. So I just... I wrote the case wrong, and I had no idea what the case facts were, so... 
What is an example of um, original precedent? That would be Donahue v. Stevenson and the Neighbour Test by Lord Atkins. That was the case in 1932. See, if I just drill cases into my head, I could probably remember them all. <laughs> because, like, Donahue v. Stevenson, Smith v. Hughes, London, Northeastern Railway versus Berriman, um, Kimsey, Avi Paget, um, TVDPP, um, you know, if those, those cases have stuck with me and I know what they are, but I don't know why I know them, <laughs> um, it's useful, but at the same time it's not. What does following a precedent mean? It means you go with the decision that a previous judge has made. Yeah, a previous decision is relevant, so the same principle of law is used in the case now. Um, what is a summary offence? It's the least serious offence. And those include, like, speeding, like driving, driving ones, most of the time. Um, there are also offences that can only be tried in the magistrate's court. Um, what is the consequence of a summary offence? Usually like a fine, maybe a community order. Um, but because it's the magistrate's court, um, the magistrates have limited sentencing powers. So if they do decide to imprison you, because they can do that, um, it's six months in prison. That's like the most that they <laughs> that they can give you. Um, and then they can also give you a level one fine, which is like a really high fine, I think. I don't remember what level it is, but it's a level something fine. And it's £5,000, which is the most that they can sentence you. What is a tribal either way offence? A tribal either way offence is an offence that can be tried in both the crown or in either the crown court or the magistrate's court. Um, what is an indictable offence? It's the most serious crimes and they are tried in the crown court. They can't be tried in the magistrate's court because um, they don't have the sufficient sentencing powers. What is an example of a tribal either way offence? Battery. And theft. <laughs> what is an example of an indictable offence? Murder. Manslaughter. Yeah, the big ones, you know. What are some mitigating factors? So mitigating factors... Like, before I get into examples, mitigating factors are factors within a case or about the defendant that would lessen their sentence or fine or something. Like, it would just lessen the harshness, I guess, of their punishment. So those would be, like, mental disorders sometimes, like, within defences and stuff. Um, sometimes if it's the person's first offence. Um, genu showing genuine remorse and physical illness. Those are some of them. What is reparation? Reparation is um, like trying to not necessarily repair the situation, but like 
I guess it'd be like compensating, I guess. Like a repayment to the community or the victim. So that could be like a community order for like vandalism or whatever. As well as, um, what's it called? Just compensation to the victim. We're already halfway. What is the case for racial bias? It was Sander. Sander? Sander v UK? Haven't learned about that. Um, what is the plural of barristers? Oh, what is the plural for barristers? The bar, right? Yes, okay. What is the pupillage? Okay, so when you're training to become a barrister, you have to do a pupillage, which is where you basically shadow a barrister that's already, like, well-established. And to get a pupillage, you need to go to, like, a barrister's inn, and you just have to, like, network. Networking is, it will get you everywhere in life, apparently. Um, <laughs> a pupillage is, like I said, work shadowing, um, usually divided into two six-month periods, so it's it's a whole year altogether, but yeah. Um, what are the advantages of a jury trial? Um, it gives the society's view on the case. It also upholds the right to be tried by your peers which was set out in the magna carta 1215 that would be really embarrassing if i got that wrong i'm just gonna look this up magna carta <laughs> yes it was 1215 thank you um that's my history. I'm so mad that I didn't take history. I'm actually so mad. I was literally going to choose, um, I was going to choose law, history and Spanish or law, history and like, um, philosophy, but I don't think they did philosophy and ethics at my college. And I really wanted to go to this college. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll just do law, sociology and psychology. Cause those are like really interesting to me as well. Um, and I kind of want to do a philosophy degree now. I, I don't know what I'd use it for. But mm, I might do... No, I was going to say I might do a joint one with law, but I feel like I'd drown myself in work. <laughs> um. Anyways, got really sidetracked. But the advantage of the jury is public confidence in the court system. Um, jury equity... Uh, open system of justice um, and that they're, they're impartial because they're not allowed to have any ties to the case and they're also not allowed to discuss it outside of the courtroom and that's according to the Contempt of Court Act 1981 I think again I'm going to look this up Contempt yes Contempt of Court Act 1981. Let's go. Period. <laughs> what are social norms? Social norms are expectations that um, have been given by society. Yep. It's it's more of a more more of a moral obligation as opposed to an enforced law. 
What was the mischief rule? Oh, what was the mischief to be avoided in Smith v. Hughes? Um, it was... To, like, stop people from soliciting prostitutes. <laughs> um, so, basically what happened in Smith v. Hughes was uh, the defendant was soliciting... Like, it was, it was an offence to solicit on the streets, according to the Street Offences Act... 1959 and I believe this case was 1960 hold on I'm actually I actually have to check this Smith v Hughes yep 1960 and then street offenses like 1959 let's go ah okay sorry I'm just I'm just basking in the fact that I got that correct um so what happened in Smith v Hughes was the defendant, to avoid, like, technically soliciting on the streets, they started soliciting from balconies and windows, and they got arrested, not arrested, but they got brought to court for that, and they were like, um, that's still an offence, <laughs> and they were like, but it wasn't on the streets, we were in a window, on a balcony. So instead of using the like literal rule and the literal approach, the judge actually decided to go with the purposive approach and look at the meaning behind the statute um, and look at what parliament intended. So they decided that parliament actually intended for that to mean that they didn't want prostitutes to be solicited at all, right? Um, and so they widened the statute saying that you weren't allowed to solicit on the streets to also encompass um, you cannot solicit from balconies or windows either because it's, it's still soliciting and at the end of the day, um, that was a condition that I guess Parliament forgot which was the gap in the law. Um, what was the mischief? Oh no, I think I only need to know one case for this. I mean, yeah. Also, we didn't get taught about this, so. <laughs> what is an original precedent? An original precedent is a precedent made by a judge on a point of law that hasn't been covered by statute before. Yep. Yep. A decision on a point of law that has not been decided on before. That's what I said. What is persuasive precedent? Persuasive precedent is when judges can either choose to use a precedent in the past or, like, decide on which precedent to use in the past or they can just make a new one, I guess. Um, yeah, a decision that does not have to be followed but it can be. <laughs> um, what is an example of ratio decidendi? Like a case? Um, um, the neighbour test by Lord Atkins in Donoghue v Stevenson. Right. Before I go any further, I feel like I said it was by Lord Dennings. 
the neighbor test? It's not. It was by Lord Atkins. I was just really tired when I said it. And so I meant to say Lord Atkins and not Lord Dennings. So, um, yeah. Just wanted to clear that up. Um, in case anyone's like, oh, she's kind of dumb. I am, but, like, don't... We don't talk about that. Oh, my gosh, it's been half an hour since 12. <laughs> That's so dumb. Um, what does distinguishing a precedent mean? Um, distinguishing is when a judge will um, look at the case facts between two cases that are similar, but look for differences in the case facts so that they don't have to use a precedent. Um, yeah. It's where a judge avoids having to follow what would otherwise be a binding precedent by looking at differences in the case facts. Um, what is an example of a summary offence? Assault. Common assault. Yep. Because section 47 um, would be assault occasioning in actual body harm, bodily harm. But it can also be battery, so it could be, right? It would be like common common assault or common battery occasioning in actual bodily harm. Yeah, I think. I actually need to read up on that. I can't believe it's Monday tomorrow. After I finish this, I have to do Seneca as well as just make some notes and then send like a screenshot to my sociology teacher. Um, saying that I've revised for it. I actually might revise using Notion. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> Sorry, that's so dumb. Um, who sits in the magistrates court? Um, the magistrates. There's like three of them. Or it can be like a district judge as well with them. Yeah, that's what I got. District judges or unqualified lay personnel, so magistrates. Um, what are the two types of bail? Unconditional and conditional. Um, I believe unconditional is when they just let you go. And I think I think it's like, I think you still have to pay money for unconditional, but I'm not too sure. And then I know for conditional, they let you out, but you have to do like a certain. You have to do like certain things, such as um, you have to be at home at this time, or you're not allowed to go to these places, or you're not allowed to see these people, or you're not allowed to leave the country, you know. I'm going to check if that's my mum. Tis not. Um... Exceptionally not. <laughs> Hi, Millie. My cat has just woken up from a nap, so if she's meowing, that's her. Um, what is a judge? A judge is a person that decides on a point of law. Um, they also have sentencing powers. Um, except, yeah, they have sentencing powers, and in civil cases, they decide on whether or not the person is liable 
Because in the criminal courts, it's the jury that actually decides whether they're guilty or innocent. What is a jury? A jury is a mem is a member <laughs> is a group of twelve people that will listen to the case facts, deliberate um, without any previous knowledge of the case or biases towards the case. And then they will deliberate to come to a conclusion on whether or not the defendant is guilty or innocent. And um, I'm going to turn the fire on really quickly so that my cat can lay down. Okay, so if you hear the gas going, that's that's the fire. I really hope it's not loud. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, so they come to a decision, usually unanimous, but if the deliberation takes more than two hours, then it, then they can decide on like ten to two, or eleven to one, nothing less, because it just shows that they're like not ready. <laughs> or they're not like certain you know um and like i said they're only using criminal cases but specifically in the crown court because the magistrate's court doesn't need that i guess <laughs> what is the magistrate's court it is a it is the lowest court um there's subsections to it it's like there's like the family court as well as uh the no, yeah, maybe. Or I think the High Court. But I know that the Magistrates Court has a youth court. Anyways, um, so the Magistrates Court is the lowest court in the court hierarchy in both civil and criminal law. And, yeah. <laughs> um, they try summary and triable either way offences. Um, they also issue paper... Um, issue paperwork such as such and arrest warrants um, and stuff what is a case that states uh, what is a case states appeal and where does it go um, it, is a, it is an appeal on a point of law that goes to the administrative court okay 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 <laughs> Um, what is the difference between individual and general deterrence? Um, individual deterrence is intended to make sure that that specific offender does not reoffend through like a fear of punishment, and then general deterrence is aimed at preventing other potential offenders from committing offenses also can be used through fear of punishment so like if they make um if they make one offender like the demonstration like an example of what could happen to you if you commit this offense then through fear they are deterring you from committing the crime <laughs> what is rehabilitation um Rehabilitation is the concept of 
reforming a an offender's behaviour. Um, this can be done in things like rehab programs for like drugs or um, alcohol. It can also be done in prisons with education, classes, sometimes religion also helps. But nothing, nothing's like forced on them or anything. What is a suspended sentence? So a suspended sentence is where a person who is convicted of a crime is like let go. But if they reoffend, then they not only have to serve the sentence for the offence that they've just committed, they also have to serve the sentence for the first one that they committed. Yeah. Yeah, an adult offender may be given a suspended sen- suspended prison sentence of up to two years during an ice time. Huh? The defendant has to stay clear of offence in order to avoid serving the prison sentence. Yeah. Um, what are the types of discharge? Um, referral. <laughs> conditional and absolute. Um, conditional usually is like, oh, we can discharge you if you just don't offend ever again in your life. And then absolute is like, you're just let go. <laughs> Um, what are some aggravating factors? So, aggravating factors, um, I mean, explain, did I even talk about the mitigating factors? Like, what are examples of them? Yeah, I did, okay. Um, aggravating factors are the opposite of mitigating factors. So, they are, um, factors within a case or about the defendant that will increase their sentence. And worse than that punishment. Um, so some of them would be lack of remorse, um, previous convictions, um, racial aggression or like aggression towards the protected characteristics. Um, so the I believe the protected characteristics were set out in the Equality Act, two thousand ten. Yeah, um, there were a list of protected characteristics that were released, that were, like, stated in the Equality Act 2010, um, and basically it was like, yeah, don't discriminate against these people, but, yeah, if the, if the crime was something against those protected characteristics it would be an aggravating factor um so yeah like i said um previous bail convictions i mean previous convictions bail but like um the breach of conditions of bail (laughs) um and then like i said racial or religious hostility as well as disability or sexual hostility um how can a bill how oh wow how can a guilty plea affect a sentence? So if the defendant pleads guilty, they automatically get one third off of their sentence. Um, 
So some of them do tend to take that. But then again, a lot of them also tend to maintain their innocence, even though they know that they're guilty. And it's like, I don't know what you're doing, man. <laughs> um, what happened in the case of Simpson v. Wells? Don't know, because we didn't learn about this. But they were charged with obstructing a footpath with a refreshment stall. Um, the defense of customary right from statute sessions was first authorized in the 14th century. No clue what happened in Simpson v. Wells, but I don't think I need to know that because we weren't taught it, and I don't think it's in my textbook. My law textbook for year two is ridiculously thick. Like, <laughs> it is unbelievable how heavy that thing is for the second year, and it's arguably the shorter year because we have the exams at the end of those years and so you know like huh <laughs> what <laughs> i cannot um how many magistrates are there a lot approximately seventeen thousand five hundred. that's insane um when a jury is used in the criminal courts specifically the crown courts Yep, criminal cases of murder, manslaughter, riot, and other indictable offences, or tribal either way offences. Basically the ones that are heard in Crown Court. Um, 323 flashcards this is, and I have so far done 275. I almost just said 75, I was like, wow really undershot that i need to email one of my old teachers see how she is where do the jury sit in the courtroom <laughs> sorry that was really dumb um the jury sit like to the side of the judge i guess in the crown court yeah wait isn't isn't that what i said and oh no i said in the courtroom <laughs> wow that was really sarcastic. My bad. What is public confidence? It's um one of the fundamentals of a democratic society is um the right to be tried by one's peers. Um and it basically upholds the rule of law because AV Dicey one of AV Dicey's principles of the rule of law is no arbitrary power from the state so the government cannot just do things that they want they can't just do what they want basically because that would be an arbitrary power of state um arbitrary abuse of power i guess and um that goes against the rule of law which obviously if you kind of want to be lawyers you, you just don't go against law um but yeah so public confidence is um basically the confidence that the pu the public the general public have in the court system to ensure that justice and rights are being upheld
upheld. Sorry. Um, what is secrecy of the jury room? Um, the jury are not allowed to disclose why they came to the decision um, or anything about what happened in the jury room. Yeah, the jury is free from pressure in its discussion. Um, jurors are protected from outside influences when deciding a verdict. There was a case where, um, it was like a really old case, and I don't remember what it was called, but I do remember that what happened was, was they were put into the deliberation room, and then the judge was, and they couldn't get, they couldn't come to a conclusion, like a unanimous conclusion, or like a 10 to 2 conclusion. And so the the judge was like yeah you can't leave until until you've come up with a verdict basically which they can't do <laughs> because it puts pressure on the jury to make a decision because i don't think i don't think they were going to be fed either he was like yeah you're not allowed food or water or to leave <laughs> oh my gosh my cat's just like having a nap on the floor Anyways, yeah, the judge was like, yeah, you're not allowed to leave until you come to a decision. Which you can't do. <laughs> what is impartiality? It just means that they don't have bias towards any of the sides. Which is great. Um, a jury should be impartial as it is not connected to anyone in the case. And no one individual is responsible for that decision. Oh gosh, my cat's Ah, she's so cute. Um, what is racial bias as a disadvantage? Um, although there are 12 of the jury, they may still have prejudices, which may affect the verdict, which is very unfair. And, um, obviously the jury might not disclose that they have racial bias. Um, but if the judge were to find out they should like replace them um what is the magistrate's jurisdiction like summary offenses yep trying summary and majority and the majority of triable either way offenses um they can sentence committals um early admin hearings for indictable offenses um, mode of trial proceedings, matters concerned with criminal cases like warrants and all that jazz. But obviously they can't they can't charge the indictable offences. That's why it's um that's why they do like um a preliminary I guess hearing. Um, also they have a youth court for for um children the ages of ten to seventeen. 10 being the minimum because that's the um the age of criminal responsibility and then 17 because when you're 18 you're legally an adult so yeah what is leave for an appeal um leave for an appeal basically just means that you've that you have the like the permission i guess <laughs> like a reason for having an appeal so that would be like if the judge's thingy was wrong, sentencing was wrong, or they advised on the wrong point of law, etc. Um, it's the approval that the case is suitable for an appeal, basically. 
Um, what is the Crown Court jurisdiction? So they try the triable either way offences as well as the indictable offences. Um, they do sentencing as well as appeals from the magistrates. Um, how is the social norm enforced? I feel like I've had this question already. Um, do you get deja vu when she's with you? <laughs> do you get deja vu? Oh. Do you get deja vu when she's with you? Do you get deja vu? Oh. Ignore that. It just reminded me. Um, anyways, social norms are enforced by disapproval of society. Um, so informally, like, police, police won't be like, Oh, you're shunned. <laughs> like, you won't get arrested for going against social norms. Um, which courts apply criminal law? Um, magistrates court, crown court, and the appeal courts. Um, which courts apply, apply, apply the civil law? Um, the magistrates court, the county court, and appeal courts, as well as the European Court of Justice. <laughs> um, what are three examples of common law? Like case law? Like RVR? Yup. Okay. Um, RVR... 1991, um, Donahue and Stevenson, 1932, and then Ryland and Fletcher, I don't remember. I really don't remember, and I don't know if I've learned it either. So it's not even like, <laughs> I could tell, I could tell you if I knew. Um, I don't know particularly where my flashcards would be, but, sorry, I'm just planning for the next one. Um, what is the case of an official position? Oh, um, ah, uh, this is to do with uh, omissions. And this was, uh, there was a case where a police officer was out and he was off duty, right? But he saw someone that was getting kicked, like really badly by a bouncer outside of a pub. And because he was off duty, he was like, nah, I'm not gonna intervene or anything, which is really bad. I'm not gonna lie, like, do your job, even if you're off duty, you, you still kind of have that duty, like, to keep people safe, you know, protect and serve, um, and he didn't stop them, and then the person died <laughs> because of it, and, uh, yeah, Dytham, Avi Dytham, my gosh, okay, sorry, sorry, I was just, eh. I think that was Avi Dytham, I think. Click time. Oh, this is gonna be like two hours long. This is genuinely gonna be two hours long. Um, that's fine. Hi. <laughs> Anyways, um, what is a consequence crime? A consequence crime is the prohibited conduct must also result in a consequence. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, what is absolute liability? Absolute liability is where um, the defendant's conduct was 
involuntary and the mens rea was not there. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter whether the act was voluntary or involuntary. Did Hughes have factual causation? Yes. I don't really remember Hughes. R.V. Hughes, R.V. Hughes, R.V. Hughes. R.V. White, R.V. Hughes, R.V. Paget. Those were the cases for factual causation. But I cannot remember. I only know R.V. Paget because that was the one that the but for test was established in. So it's kind of the one that I'm keeping in my head for it. Um, what are the types of mens rea? Intentional and recklessness. Um, negligence and trans transferred malice. Oh, there was a case, and I don't remember what the case was, but some, some guy was, like, waiting. No, there was, like, a line outside of a post office, and then a man came over and was like, hey... I'm going to cut in the line. And the person at the front of the line was like, no, dude, don't cut in the line. Like, that's bad. And he was like, what are you going to do about it? So he pushed the guy. And then the person, like, fell into an old lady who fell over and really badly broke her hip and everything. I don't remember if she died or not. But it was, like, really bad. And even though he intended to hurt or, like, injure the guy that was in front of the woman he was still liable for um, the lady <laughs> um, what are the cases for coincidence Thabo Meli Tabo Meli versus R I don't remember and then R.V. Church and R.V. Fagan and I don't remember any of those so I just I need to know at least one of those cases. Um, what happened in Alpha Selvi Woodward? That sounds very familiar, but I, I don't think we learned it. I think I'm just saying that it's familiar because I said it out loud. Um, the defendant was charged with polluted matter in a diver because of a failed pump. Um, there was no evidence that they knew, but they were guilty because, um, public importance. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't sound correct <laughs> in my head. Um, what is the sentence for section 20? Believe it or not, it's actually the same as, um, it's the same as section 47. Um, and it's up to five years. <laughs> Which is crazy. Um, what is the sentence for section 18? It's, like, mandatory life sentences. Up to a mandatory life sentence. Yeah. Um, what are the courts of first instance? Those would be the magistrate's court, the county court, the crown court and the High Court. Um, how can the Supreme Court of Justice avoid following its own precedent? Um, they can use the practice statement of 19... 
1966. Okay, I need to remember that. Um, practice statement 1966 um, helps them like depart from their previous decisions when they see fit or when they think it's right to do so. Um, but there's a problem because it's like who's to say that it's right to do so if there isn't like a criteria for that, you know? Um, hold on. Hold on, I will end this section here. Oh, I will end this section here and then I'll do another one. Okay, so whilst that's loading, I'm just gonna carry on because I have two, 25, I have 25 flashcards left. And then I'm going to do um, sociology work. So I'm gonna do the Seneca and all of that jazz. Um, how can the Court of Appeal avoid their own judicial precedent? Um, the exceptions um, that were laid out in Young v. Bristol Aeroplane. I wonder what year that was. I want to say 1944, but I really don't think so. Young v. Bristol Aeroplane. It was 1944. Okay, so I know that. <laughs> um, whose decisions must the Court of Appeal follow? Um, the Supreme Court. Yep. What did they think in 1898 was more important than flexibility? Certainty in the law. Okay, well, I can keep that in mind. Um, what theorists support distributive justice? Right, distributive justice would be like, I don't know, like natural law theorists. Yeah, that's what I said, natural law theorists. So Aristotle, Thomas Aquinas, um, and then Marx wasn't a natural law theorist. He was more of like a class, class conflict kind of guy. Oh my gosh, really <laughs> so adorable. Um, anyways, yes. Uh, Marx, yeah. What is utilitarianism? Again, this is law and concepts, so I don't really think I need to know this for the exam. Um, but utilitarianism is a legal viewpoint, I guess, perspective, right? A legal perspective, or a just a perspective on society that says that what is morally right is the most useful for society um usually creating maximum happiness for the majority of the people in said society what theorists support um utilitarianism bentham i want to say yeah bentham and mill um what is social justice social justice is um, creating equal justice, not just in the courts, but throughout society. Um, if something is unjust, it is because we wouldn't like it in their position. It basically focuses on levelling the playing field. Um, 
What did Aristotle... I don't know. What did Aristotle say? He said a lot. He was a Greek philosopher. Um, a just state will distribute its wealth on the basis of merit, giving to each according to his virtue and contribution to society, proportionate according to worthiness rather than neediness, as that rewards the lazy as much as the working hard people. What did Aquinas say? Again... We don't know what you're referring to. Um, fair allocation of goods and responsibilities. Principle of due proportion. Um, people receive what they are due, due to merit, rank and need. What did Marx say? A lot. Marx said down with capitalism. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, from each according to his ability to each according to his need. Um, maximum contribution and receive what you need for it. Ah! Oh my gosh, you just rolled over. Um, communist ideology, no, can, no country has used this model with success. What did Perelman say? I don't know. Um, they, he critiques all. Justice cannot be studied logically as each attempt is based on subjective values. See, I kind of want to do jurisprecedence instead but then it's like criminal law, you know? But I could do jurisprecedence along with the law, law, like law by topic, um, or I could do it in conjunction with criminology, like it's kind of cool. What did Bentham say? Bentham said, <laughs> it's utility based. Um, what makes an action right or wrong is the utility value or consequence that it brings. The more happiness, the more valuable. The more it decreases happiness, the more reprehensible. However, happiness is not really measurable and people are not units of happiness. What did Mill say? Mill said, justice includes respect for people, property and rights, as well as good faith and impartiality. Quality of happiness over quantity of happiness is important. Um, punishment is evil in itself and can only be justified when it brings a greater benefit. I don't know who Rawls is, but, yeah. Or Nozick. What theorists support social justice? Rawls and Nozick. Okay. Um, what is procedural justice? It's justice that is carried out by following rules. Um, concerned with making and implementing decisions according to fair processes. Yeah. What is corrective justice? Corrective justice is things like prison I guess uh, sometimes known as restorative justice and is when the law restores the imbalance that has occurred between two individuals or an individual and the state what is substantive justice substantive justice is the content of the law itself must be just and um, that's different to procedural because procedural is concerned with the processes of making the laws and then Substantive justice is concerned with um, the content of the law itself. Distributive. Hello. Hello. Distributive justice is how resource is how resources are allocated. Um, for example, legal aid, tax, property, family life, etc. Um, what does fault mean? Fault is the responsibility or liability for something. 
um, it's the level of blameworthiness that a defendant has, essentially. Um, does the law always require fault to be established? No. Strict liability laws. I mean, offences exist, as well as vicarious liability. I, we weren't taught, but it's there. Um, what are the arguments for strict liability in criminal law? Um, strict liability stops people or businesses from taking the risk of breaking the Okay, so my mum basically just called me to ask if I could wrap um, a present for this person's confirmation. And I was like, yeah, I'll probably do it after I um, I finish this. And then I'm going to do my Seneca and childhood notes. I'm actually going to use dictation, though, on on this. It sounds bad, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, what are the arguments against strict liability in criminal law? Um, strict liability is morally wrong. Strict liability is unjust, because even if an absolute discharge is given, a person will still have a criminal la- criminal record. Um, imposing liability for negligence might be a better solution for those who favour strict liability. Um, what are some examples of fault-based liability in criminal law? Causation, Mohan, Woolen, Cunningham, um, sentencing with aggravating and mitigating factors. What is a, what is, oh my gosh. What are some examples of non-fault-based liability? Um, omissions, the thin skull rule, and strict liability. Ah, oh, I finished. Oh, wow. Okay, well, um, now I've completely finished that. I am going to do my skin, my, my Seneca. Um, but first I'm going to update my notion because I've completed some of my daily tasks. Um, I haven't made tea yet. I've marked the past paper. I've done my skincare. I had breakfast and I've done law revision. Now I'm going to go look at the tasks that I've set. Um, I'm going to start my Seneca sections. Um, I don't know if there was anything else I needed to do, but I hope you enjoyed this segment. I will be back later after I finish. Whoa. I will, sorry. I will be back later after I finish my, um, sociology work, just so that I can, um... Sorry, uh, just so that I can start doing my my law reading because I still have to read through all of my um books. I guess oh, that makes me want to cry. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah. This is so cool. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, bye. Talk to you later.